Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, do your kids have a bedtime? Absolutely, they have a bedtime. They do have a bedtime. Do they always follow it? No, but (laughs) they know they have a bedtime that they should be in their bed by a certain time. Yep. What about you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, they have a bedtime or bed window (laughs) of time. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But my caveat is the first two years, I'm very lenient because I tend to be like nursing and weaning um, and just the nature of toddlers and they're ever ever changing bodies um but three years old and up we do maintain a pretty strict bedtime routine (laughs) and i think kids whether or not they would ever admit it they do need a bedtime that they get cranky at a certain time and they are just over it if you've ever had a toddler misbehave and just throw that tantrum they're tired they need to have that regular routine of just naps i believe in naps so strongly Mm -hmm. and for kids, especially at like a certain age, they grow them out. But once they're below that mark of it, where they're they're still in tune, they need that nap time. And my son, he knows, like I'll read him a story. It's really actually a really nice moment between me and him. When I put him to take a nap, he lays down, we read a story, I kiss him, we sing a little song and put him down and step out the room and he goes straight to sleep because he knows I need this. Allah. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. It sounds easy, but that took a lot of training on my end yeah, to make yeah. sure he doesn't like get up out of his bed and run away. So <laughs> it, it's a lot of work in the beginning. But once you get that routine in, I think in general, kids need it and they'll love you for it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I strongly believe bedtimes are for you and them. Like it's so good for both parties involved um, because like bedtime is essential for moms to just reset and just like also like allocate some time for your your marriage and and just you and your spouse so i think bedtimes are essential yeah that's a lot of times you're just on go the entire day of what's happening and the logistics of feeding kids and changing kids and making sure things are running smoothly so by the end of the day once kids are in bed that's when you and your husband can sit on the couch and just talk and have that quality time or whatever you deem you need for that night uh whether it just being you know, throwing on the TV and relaxing, watching a movie or mm-hmm. playing a board game or whatever is needed for you and your spouse at that time. That's when you have it, when it's uninterrupted, when, you know, and not saying kids don't get up sometimes and they do come oh, yeah. and interrupt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what, it's a desert in the bedtime. Don't you know that? Like they, <laughs> their, their throats are just like ever forever dry at bedtime (laughs) every excuse you can think of or they just have to tell us this one essential thing that you know they really love their hat or whatever (laughs) random thing that they come up with my daughter is like queen of excuses like she'll just be like i need water and um, i just point to her water next to her and she's like it's not full enough i'm like (laughs) all right (laughs) I do incorporate that within that time of her, like, you know, talking and and cuddles and all that within there, because by the time we brush teeth and we change pajamas and 
get in bed and, and a quick story or whatever it is for that time. It's all built in to that period so that once it reaches that time, it's, it's over. It's like game, game over. Like I'm out the room. So I've, I've, I know how she is and I've incorporated that within the time I cater for it. Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to like babies and very young children, um, that's a whole different area of like sleep management and all that. But like, we're talking now about like children, like, you know, as they grow up and become into school age, um, the kind of structure you establish at home and the routine that you structure at home is really going to depend on you and your personal like situation and how you guys set up your home. But I think routines in general kind of establish that safe home environment. And we all know that children thrive when it comes to routines and boundaries. Having those things established, I think, are really healthy habits for children. Um, and when we were young children growing up, it was very natural because our mom and father and our mom at the time was the one you know, putting us, dealing, managing the whole bedtime was very big <laughs> on routines and habits. She was strict. And bedtimes. Very strict on the whole thing. Yeah. And we did find that we thought that was every child, right? We thought every single child has this bedtime routine and timeline only to find out when we went and visited cousins and friends, we realized um, they don't necessarily have a bedtime um, in that same way. And our mom was actually so strict that uh, a memory that comes to me right now is one of our cousins, she was a little bit younger than me and she was at our house and she didn't live that far when we were growing up. And our mom put us to bed and she left our cousin on the couch and she's like, you can read a book, but they are in bed. It is their bedtime. She was hardcore, man. Sh- shout out to Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she had her standard and she did not break it for anyone. So mm-hmm. it was what it was. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, people were mother hard all day. So it's perfectly normal to just need some time to wind down for you. And I think your children need to respect those boundaries as well. I know when my kids come back out after I've already put them to bed and, and they can see that, you know, me and their dad are hanging out and, you know, they want to be part of that. But they also have to understand that there are boundaries in place and they have to respect those. So for me, I'm just like, you don't have to sleep, but you got to stay in your room. OK, you got to stay over there because I think we all reach that threshold where you're no longer, you know, the daytime mom. And if you're really tired, like you can lash out, you can get into confrontations, like it's just not worth it. So I think it's good to be proactive in in allowing your children to get that side of you. Um, And honestly, like, you know, all the studies on sleep have told us how critical it is for children to get enough sleep to just feel good. You know, a lot of the crankiness and, and moodiness we find in children could be due to just sleep deprivation, right? Not getting enough sleep. Yeah. And even as adults, too, I know for myself, especially when you have a newborn or you have kids who are not fully in that school age, they're a little bit below and they're that one to two period where of age range where they're they're not they're trainable, but not in the sense of they follow everything you put in place. So it's difficult. And I, I like, do you have kids that come into bed with you? Like, do you let your kids sleep with you in your bed? All my children have been different situations of sleep because each time there was additional children involved. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this this last time with my daughter, my my youngest, I kind of established what seems to be what works for our family, which is just um, not bed sharing, but room sharing. So she's in my room, but she's next to my bed. 
And so she has her own little uh, floor mattress like situation. Um, so I'm like right there. I have basically two bed spots. Like I have my main bed. And then if sh- she needs me, I'll just roll down on the floor right there mm-hmm. and hang out with her, um, nurse her to sleep, whatever need she has. And that works really well for us. I imagine when she gets closer to a year and a half or two years old, I'll probably put her outside into her own room or in her brother's room. Um, so that's worked for us. I know some people prefer the baby monitor in a different room. So it just depends. I mean, on what, well, my son, he actually, he's, um, 20 months and he, we just put him in his first big boy bed and mm-hmm. he's sharing it with his brother. And it's been really difficult trying to get him. Cause he's used to sleeping in a crib or sleeping in, um, when we're moving in transition, he was in a playpen for in our room. And he's used to having that always there. And even up until now, I have the playpen available in my room for those nights where it's just, you know, being pregnant. I'm just I know he might run over. He might come, you know, need that extra cuddle or whatnot and just put him in there. But most of the time he's been staying in his bed and having him in a different room. I didn't realize how amazing it is to have your room for yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) And not (laughs) have like a child. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's it's just calm and it's more like mm-hmm. a lot of the baby gear all that stuff's out of there so now being pregnant and and looking forward to okay, oh yes gonna, <laughs> that i mean it's 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 it's, it's coming never, and yeah it's coming up i'm i'm just savoring the moments before and i'm like mm-hmm. trying to hold off as long as i can before setting up my room with all of the baby gear because i just wanted that moment of just my room my stuff yeah, my yeah. time mm-hmm. so but yeah they do come over in your bed sometimes and i find early in the morning like he'll come over after fudge and just mm-hmm. jump in our bed. So mm-hmm. that I don't mind as much because he stayed throughout the night, you yes. know, entirely in his bed. But I anticipate that he'll grow that out and eventually just stay in his bed until it's time to get up. So, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, OK, so like tell me about your routine, because I know that's probably what some people are wondering, like what just giving us uh, offering to our, our listeners just a, two scenarios of like your home and my home of like what we have established for our bedtime routines that work for us to give each other ideas, you know, as we all in this community kind of get ideas from each other. Well, I would say it starts as early as nap time. So we usually have lunch around like 1130 by 12, 1215 or something. We'll have lunch and he'll be in bed by 1230, one o'clock the latest, and he'll sleep until three. So that nice. like two hour window is critical for us to be able to get stuff done or me, whatever I have going on. Sometimes I do take a nap. Um, it just depends on the day and what's been happening. But having that established and I need to wake him up before it goes past three o'clock, because if I don't, it will affect his sleep later on in the night. And then um, we'll have dinner and all of the stuff that happens after nap time, showers, um, outside time, that sort of thing. And in the night, they're usually in bed by like 745. Uh, they start getting ready for bed and then eight o'clock in bed. That's bedtime for most of them. Some of them have a later bedtime depending on their age, but majority of them by eight o'clock, they're in bed. Now, I do say that different circumstances have dictated the time and changing. You know, Ramadan has been a time in which oh God, you, yeah, <laughs> schedules are just all over the place and just the kids don't really follow, especially if some are fasting and some are not. So it's at different times in your life, it's going to change. But for the majority of the time, eight o'clock, and we start getting ready from 745. So we can have that little story time or brushing teeth, cuddles, whatever it is, and then shut the door, turn the lights off. And my son has used a sound machine actually in his nap time. 
but because he's sharing a room now with his little brother, his older brother, actually, and his older brother hates the sound machine. So at nighttime, yeah, at nighttime, he doesn't use it. But during his nap time, he does use it. And it blocks out a majority of the noise that happens throughout the day, the daytime, you know, activities. But at nighttime, he'll go in his bed and most of the time he stays there until the morning and he'll come over, like I said, maybe like six o'clock, seven o'clock, he'll come into my room. Um, depending on, you know, what time I get up, I might put him back in his bed or I might let him stay there for a little bit until I get up. It just depends on the situation. But again, he's very little. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So with the books, uh, do you read to your children all together or do you have designated, uh, books for different nights or how does that work with your family? Cause I, know I don't read every books. night. Honestly, okay. I don't read every night. It just like for, like for my son who we're talking about, who's 20 months old. I read to him usually during nap time. That's his main time where he gets one-on-one time with me and we read a book and he actually has memorized the book. He he makes the sounds in the book and that sort of thing. But for the other kids throughout the day, different periods of time, they'll bring me a book and we'll sit and and read together. So I don't necessarily have it. I've done it where we've had collective reading and and my oldest son will read a book and and they'll just listen. Um, We have had different times where each kid, but I mean, five kids, it's hard to read a book every night. And honestly, yeah. I get tired of reading. They want the same books over and over. And those books get boring. <laughs> like, real well, quick. and also you yeah. have now readers, right? Like your children yeah. can read to themselves. Yeah. Um, so the reading part of it um, can still I've had them team up too and had like, okay, the one who's now learning to read, read with your older brother, the two of them together and they'll read a book. So it's just different things, different nights. It just depends. But um, they do consistently have reading occurring, but it's not at bedtime always. Like okay. my daughter, sometimes she'll want that one-on-one time, and that makes and sense. I'll, I'll I'll adjust it based on what I see happening. Like I see my son sometimes he he's now starting to get into reading and reading more fluently, so I'll have him do it during the day as part of his homework, right? And, right. And that sort of, but uh, it just depends. Yeah. Okay, because I want to um have a little list that I created of like sort of reasons why I think it's very important for parents to prioritize a book in their child's life book and reading um and a lot of times it gets associated with bedtime so that's why I'm just putting it here but like Nabi has said earlier reading can happen at any time of the day and can take many forms whether it's team reading together or maybe I know I I personally don't really read with my young child uh, my my Sakina who's just over a year old, she kind of just gets like the exterior, like secondary reading mm-hmm. of what I From do with the big, yeah. right. Like I just keep her on my lap or have her close by and her attention span comes and goes. Um, but with the big ones I do, I, I have, so like my four B's for bedtime are brush because that hygiene and brushing is just like a hassle. <laughs> um, books and bed, but also bonding. Um, because you know, honestly, the days are busy and I'm not the best about remembering to cuddle and to, you know, have that, that touch mm-hmm. with my children. So I do try my best to at least end the day off with some kind of physical touch and bonding because I know I can guarantee I've done it at that point of the day. Um, so for the books, uh, I, I have taken children's literature class in college many times. I'm an elementary educator. And I learned so much about the impact that books can have for children that I did not know before. Um, I did not have a very close relationship with books growing up. Like I don't have, I don't remember love reading growing up. I just remember I was capable of doing it, but I didn't have this like bond and connection to it. And that's something I'm working to create with my children and my students. And I think it's really important. So some of the things that books can do for our children um, 
are, of course, it cr- creates brain development um, and, and builds their educational development, but it also could have some social and emotional growth through the experiences of stories. Um, a lot of uh, my professor mentioned that she actually used to read chapter books as a family, just sit down and they read yeah. these beautiful stories together collectively. And I just thought that's so wonderful to have that memory. Um, reading can also build your child's creativity because they're learning about these worlds and this fantasy and these elements. It helps them with their communication skills, obviously, you know, seeing a different literature and the way to talk. It builds patience and endurance because, you know, a book is a hard thing to get through. Right. And so it is a slow process. Um, So through that, children kind of learn that, you know, they have to wait till the next night to continue the book or to sit there quietly and build their attention span. It also is great for building empathy and learning about different characters or different people um, and establishing that lifelong learning mentality, especially with nonfiction text provides entertainment and friendships like book based friendships. You, You develop bonds with characters. Um, and you can laugh a lot. There's so many humorous books. Kids love humor. Um, so there's so many great humorous books that you can get and laugh as a family and enjoy that time. And then it opens the door for deeper learning of higher level contexts and, and texts. So a lot of times with our Islamic development of our children, I mean, I haven't gotten to that point yet. My son is like in the middle on the cusp of learning to read. But I do have a lot of like these higher level Islamic books. And I'm trying to think like, when will they get to these books? They're so advanced. <laughs> and I realize it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it takes yeah. that practice and that discipline of learning through this. Um, so I just wanted to like put that in there, like being able to build this relationship of uh, bond with books and bedtime and, and just that family togetherness. It's such a gift that you can offer your children. Um, and so it really does start at childhood with that beginning years of just spending that little time together reading. And like Nabiha said, like, don't put it on you. You know, the moment they can read, that's their job. Let them be the ones to read it. But we can just be together and enjoy that time right before bed. Um, and it helps them to wind down as well. Yeah, I've, I've actually done um, one of the things you mentioned there with reading a chapter book. We've done it while we've uh, had like laundry. Like, so all the kids will gather and do their laundry. And then I would read the book. It's a chapter book with, you know, it's a silly book, but it was just Mm -hmm. like something they would enjoy. And they would all be like, so (laughs) I can imagine them giggling while they're while they're folding their laundry. So it's like a twofer. Are we getting our laundry done? And then we're still listening to a book. And I like to incorporate a lot of times when I read books, questions, because Mm -hmm. I want them to ask me questions and I want them to answer questions as well. So to really build the reading comprehension within that. So, uh, and then I also have a little children's library that we've collected over time. We call Mm. it the Yusuf library, but it's just, uh, visible for them. And they borrow three books, each kid, and they are able. And now my little guy who's, who's going in, he's getting the board books and he brings them to me to read for him. But it's nice to have that connection and know that there are books available there for them. And there's like all genres. I mean, I have chapter books there as well. And early readers and they're all categorized, but to have that accessible and available to your kids, no matter what, how big it is, just having some sort of library available to them, even if it's books from the library to put in there for them to read, it goes a long way in trying to help them develop those relationships with books. Awesome. Um, So like, uh, I know like this is also a good time, the whole bedtime thing to do uh, some sort of like draws and 
uh, just kind of reflections on the day. I mean, there's always so much like bedtime is like your last wind. Like, like yeah. it's like the end of the marathon that you just have to push yourself to get to that last stretch. Um, so for me, I, it's really challenging, but that's why I actually start my routine at seven o'clock, like mm. seven o'clock to seven 30, give myself yeah. that half hour window. And then I know after that, like once eight o'clock hits, it's really challenging to do anything. And, and it's not perfect. Some nights I'll have them, you know, do other things, but um, it's a really nice time to like build some of that duas, you know, the, the, the habits of um, ending your day with, Quran and du'as and remembering Allah and going to bed and doing those very important sunnahs um, are a great habit to build early on. And I have memories of childhood of us saying those du'as every night and just remembering them. And our mom used to actually make them make us say it in English as well, like yeah. all our du'as. So it's I, I didn't understand it back then, but I know, now I'm I like, know. wow, now that was so I cool. <laughs> like now I know what it means. I don't really have to just say the Arabic and not know what it meant. She instilled in us to know yeah, the English. Say it well. in Arabic and then in English right after. Yeah. And and that's like a memory that I have growing up. And so trying to implement those things with our kids and making sure that they understand what they're saying as well. It's it's a nice thing to incorporate. Yeah. And even like the last thing I remember. Uh, cause you know, we always were siblings. We always grew up together and shared rooms. I remember always like saying salam at the end. So like after saying all our du'as, I shared a room with my brother during some of those childhood years. And we'd always be like, salam alaikum, wa alaikum salam. <laughs> like, that's like how you end the night. So when I got married, I found it so weird that my husband was not like, he was just going to sleep. And I was just like, Sam alaikum. <laughs> He's like, I go sit I'm like, I'm like, don't you say salam before going to bed? <laughs> He's like, you're right next to me. Um, so you kind of figure that not everybody does things the same way. <laughs> okay, so as we get closer to wrapping up, I wanted to ask you one more question. Like, what did what have you found to be some of the pitfalls in terms of taking away or things that have been um cause for bedtime to go wrong or make it more difficult than it needs to be have not have having yeah not having a schedule mm. i think not having a daily schedule at during that time where you can follow and kind of a guide it throws everything else out the window because if your kids are not eating dinner at a certain time or having their showers at a certain time having a nap at the same time every day that affects a lot because if you nap too late in the afternoon like if you're napping at 6 p.m it's gonna it. affect you <laughs> in the night you won't be able to go to sleep at eight o'clock or nine o'clock whatever you determine your bedtime is it it changes you know the the habits that you want to build so really having a consistent schedule for children is important because they are able to and i find on the weekends my kids during the weekdays they they're slow to get up but on the weekends it's like they're up earlier the crack of dawn <laughs> just up but um just having that even on the weekends consistency in trying to formulate those habits and make it more doable will improve the sleep habits and then also not giving sugary things like juice and mm -hmm. um sweets too late because mm -hmm. those things keep you up at night and they yeah. make your kids just you know wind them up a little bit more and you want to be able to keep things mellow toward like closer as you approach that bedtime, start lowering, dimming the lights and making it more of a calm environment for your child so that they're not, you know, getting excited over this, They that they know that, okay, what's coming. And I like kids to have like schedules posted so they can see it. Even if they can't read, they know like oh, yeah. different colors or 
so that it just gives them a guide because they don't know the day seems never ending. I know as a little kid, it's like <laughs> it's so long, but um, being able to to have that consistent schedule, I think, is critical. That's good. That's a really important one. I think one of the one um, pitfalls that I thought of was having external, um, <clears throat> excuse me, having external external like family or friends that don't necessarily um, understand bedtimes. <laughs> And, you know, maybe they're not thinking about, you know, the stage of life that these children might be in. So planning events or parties or even just dropping in during that critical bedtime window, um, trying to like navigate that and allow for them to just understand that there are certain times that, you know, that are more appropriate. So getting your family and your extended family on that right same page as you, I think, can really um, can help or hinder that bedtime practice. And then another one that I remembered when I thought about it was uh, not getting the support or help that you need to pull it off. Because sometimes if you have a small baby or if you're, you have chores or dinner, there's a lot going on, a lot of distractions during that time of the day. Um, so getting that extra support or help to, you know, prepare the children, getting everything organized, pajamas and you know, everything in pillows, blankets, whatever, like that stuff takes time yeah. and it takes a lot of energy from you. So um, you and your spouse or whoever it is that's with you, helping you out, whether it's the older children, getting the support of everyone on the same page, I think can either help or, you know, cause bedtime to be chaotic. I remember not that long ago, um, Sunday night used to be like a very important time for us to be able to get school stuff ready for the next day and finish up whatever final items you need, putting everything together. And I used to get a lot of guests that used to just like drop by at that time. Mm. And it was really difficult because the kids would get excited. Oh, who you know, they, they're, they, they're very um, happy to see those people, but then it just delayed bedtime so much longer. And I had to kind of like say like, no, explain that yeah. this is not a good time right now. Come any other time throughout the weekend. But that critical Sunday afternoon, evening yeah. time, it's it's sacred because that dictates how the next day is going to go and inev inevitably the entire week, how it will play out. So yeah. um, really taking charge of your time and, and setting those boundaries is important. Yeah. I know for us, like five to seven is like blocked off. Like that's the time yeah. that's dinner, bath and gearing into bedtime. Like we always try our best to not schedule things as much as possible. It's not always the case, of course. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and wrap it up and talk about what's next. Do you well, have something I, for us? Yeah, so what I would suggest is if your kids do not have a bedtime, then I think you should try it for one week. Just try and see if you can get your kids on some sort of schedule that can help them get to bed early and maybe it'll improve them in their daily performance of school and just having a better day in general. So try it out. And if you're someone who is very strict and you have a bedtime, I would say pick a night in which, you know, it's <laughs> comfortable for everyone and change up your routine a bit. I know we talk about being very strict in schedules, but once in a while, it's okay. Let it go. Yeah. If it's Ramadan night or if it's um, something's coming up, a birthday or activity, delay bedtime and, and have that flexibility within your schedule. So depending on where you fall within the scale of bedtimes, I would say... Mix it up if you can. And if you don't have one, try to get one. Try it for one week. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so happy you said that, actually, because like, you know, like we've mentioned, balance is key and routines are there to help you, you know, so if it's not working, fix it or just have that flexibility. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. 
um, for me, I actually came up with an idea of just working backwards as a motivational tool. So basically establish a list of things that you, mama, want to do for yourself in that time of the day, you know, eight to 10 or whatever your window is, that's you time or in your marriage um, that you struggle to find time to do throughout the day. And you can use this list to inspire you to strengthen your bedtime routines and push yourself so that you can actually get that time for yourself. So some examples of things that you might want to write on that list of what I want to do, maybe reading some Quran or praying or journaling, maybe a warm bubble bath or some facial self-care. Maybe you want to bake something because you love baking and you never get to, or just sit on the couch and catch up on your favorite shows exercising, movie night or date night at home, intimacy, cleaning projects, you know, or, or DIY projects, um, or just sitting and scrolling Instagram with your favorite snack and beverage. Like all of these things are valid and important and necessary to feel happy in your life. And sometimes we allow our children to kind of push us, push us to the edge. And then we, we end up regretting or feeling animosity. But having that list established could be a tool to motivate you to Get your bedtime stuff into action, inshallah. Really good advice. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.